Chapters 29 and 30 of The Life and Doctrine of St. Catherine of Genoa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Life and Doctrine of St. Catherine of Genoa. Chapters 29 and 30. Chapter 29. Of free will this blessed one said, that when she considered carefully her vocation, she saw such great things effected by God in her, that it almost seemed as if she had been forced by him, for she could see nowhere her own consent, but rather it seemed to her that she had resisted, especially in the beginning, and the sense of this had inflamed her with a burning love. But generally, when speaking of it, she said, God first rouses man from sin, then with the light of faith illuminates the intellect, and afterwards, with a certain satisfaction and zeal, inflames the will. And Almighty God does this in an instant, although we tell it in many words and measure it by time. When the saint was sometimes urged by her spiritual children to give them an idea of her state in words, she would tell them it was impossible but on one occasion she allowed a religious to interpret it, in order to gratify his desire to understand it better, which he did to her great satisfaction and joy. Wherefore, with a benignant countenance, she exclaimed, Oh, my dear child, it is as you have said, and hearing you, I feel it is thus. You have said all that can be said, but the effect is incomprehensible. Then the religious said to her, Oh, mother, cannot you ask of god your love some little drops of it for your children and she answered joyfully i see this sweet love so gracious to his children that i can ask nothing for them but that i may present them in his presence this creature became at length like a cherub to look upon so that she gave great consolation to every one who beheld her and those who visited her found it hard to leave her when she was about sixty-three years of age her heart was inflamed anew with a ray of love. This dart was so powerful and penetrating that she felt as if severely wounded in the region of the heart, and she suffered great bodily pain. After some days she was again inflamed with love, and it always seemed to her that the last wound was the greatest. Chapter 30 in the year 1507, while present at the office for the dead, she felt a desire to die. It was a desire of the soul that it might quit the body and be united with God. The body also desired it, that it might be freed from the torment which it suffered from the flames of love in the soul. These, however, were only natural desires, to which her will gave no consent. And as her desire was inspired by her love, who wished to purify her, and not from her will, as soon as she felt it, she suddenly exclaimed, Oh, love, I desire nothing but thee, and in thy own way. But if it please thee, who does not wish that I should die, neither that I should desire death, let me at least be present at the death and burial of others, that I may see in them that blessedness that is not bestowed on me. Love consented to this, and for some time she was present at the death and burial of all those who died in the hospital, without any desire to die herself and by degrees, the union of love increasing in that purified heart, she lost the desire to see others die, but still, whenever she spoke of death, she seemed filled with a new and joyful emotion. 
At one time, when she fell into ecstasies and appeared as if dead, the persons around her, who did not understand her state, believed her to be suffering from what is commonly called vertigo. She herself, through humility and a desire to be unnoticed, on speaking of it to a religious, also called it vertigo, but the religious answered, Mother, you need not use concealment with me. I entreat you for the honor and glory of God, to choose some person who will be satisfactory to you, and narrate to him the graces with which God has favored you, that when you are gone, these graces may not remain hidden and unknown, and the praise and glory of God arising from them be lost. To which she answered, It shall be as you wish, if it is the will of my sweet love. And she would choose no other than himself who had given her this counsel, although she knew it would be impossible for her to narrate the smallest part of those interior communications between God and the soul, and of the exterior she had experienced almost nothing. At another time, in conversation with the same religious, she began to narrate her conversion and many other things, as well as she could, which had been faithfully collected and introduced into the present volume. End of chapters 29 and 30